Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi for one final day. Well, people filling up at the pump were pleased to see gas was a little bit cheaper yesterday. It needs to be lower. You know, there's room to go lower. Glad it's nine cents, not two cents. Just one of those speaking with Global News at the gas pumps. So what is causing prices to fall and how long will we be experiencing this? Dan McTagg is the president of Canadians for Affordable Energy and joins us on the line now. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Nice to talk about lower prices, Jill, rather than the past six months of uh, ever-increasing prices. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking back to when it was up around 230, uh, even a little bit higher at some points. Uh, so, <laughs> so what is causing this latest drop in prices? Well, 236.9 back on June the 5th. So uh, what's causing the drop has been, I think, uh, very welcome news. Uh, as some of your commentators have said, uh, perhaps not welcome enough just yet but uh, Jill this is probably as good as it's going to get and that's because we have two markets uh, two actors if you will at play there's the real physical market the traders involved with actually you know moving oil moving uh, refined product like gasoline jet fuel diesel heating oil and the like Uh, and then there's the other market which is the paper market it's huge it's massive it's in the trillions of dollars these are day traders, people who uh, you know uh, use these as financial assets for people who want to invest long term, but they're not really directly involved. But they, as managers, are looking at the headlines. They're looking at uh, you know the possibility that the United States will buckle and allow Iran uh, to uh, get back to the nuclear deal that it uh, broke away from that the United States sanctioned back uh, several years ago. They're looking at uh, lockdowns in China. They're looking at inflation numbers. They're looking at the uh, possibility of interest rates uh, rising. And they're looking, of course, at uh, something that's been sort of you know, a little current in our uh, diction, and that's uh, demand destruction. And all those are, are, are you know, interesting points, but they, uh, from my perspective, are not valid. There has been no demand destruction, unfortunately. Um, if anything, the United States Department of Energy actually pointed out that uh, in the month of June, despite these high record prices, and that's why I began with the 236.9 here in Vancouver, uh, demand actually rose 3% above their, you know, what they had originally thought. So I think what we're looking at here is a bit of a, a correction coming. And unfortunately, it's, uh, it's likely to lead to higher prices, not lower prices, although there's probably a little bit of room left. Jill, I will be watching like a hawk every single word that comes out of the OPEC meeting in Vienna on Monday, because uh, uh, it's pretty clear to me, at least led by Saudi Arabia, that they think this market is dysfunctional. I happen to agree with them. Uh, We need to get a balance between supply and demand, and we're not getting that right now, thanks to the paper traders. Hmm. And so that needs to change, obviously, or what else do you think needs to kind of give if we're going to see more of a balance? Well, I think the one problem we're, we're facing right now is that the world is, uh, whether we like it or not, is short of supply, especially diesel. And that's the stuff that, uh, you know, you uh, you need to get your economy running, whether it's to keep our jets in the air, whether it's to keep our locomotives going or our ships moving. Uh, the whole issue of uh, logistics, which has been a buzzword since we've emerged, at least from the last major, uh, you know, iteration of this pandemic, uh, has been really about the cost of energy and how it's driving inflation, and uh, that we need to produce more, that the world needs more. And all of us, I think, have sort of had to now sort of step back and say, wait a minute, despite where we stand, for or against uh, production. We have to look at Europe and say something has failed dramatically there. It's not just Putin's war. It is the fact that 
they may have rushed far too quickly, and it's about to create a, a winter unlike anything that Europeans have witnessed uh, possibly since 1945. Uh, we need to ensure that there is a greater amount of energy supplied to the world and then make those transitions. But uh, to, to you know, draw a line in the sand, say we're going to do it on such and such a date, believe that windmills, you know, solar panels and EVs are the answer. They may be longer term or even hydrogen, as the Prime Minister has suggested. Uh, but they're not going to happen now, and they're not going to be effective in the next 5, 10, or 20, or 30 years. And I say that not because I don't think we need to go there. I say that because I think uh, we have to be practical and pragmatic about this. And that's unfortunately what we're seeing now is a market that is uh, likely to swing back dramatically in terms of the cost of heating, in terms of the cost of energy. And Jill, that has me very nervous for what this winter will be. Even uh, Canadians will not escape this. Uh, interesting when you, you mentioned that, because you're right, we've, we have been looking at what's happening in Germany and some other European countries uh, and uh, that meeting between uh, Germans, Germany's leader and the prime minister. Um, clearly, obvi- natural gas from Canada would be a huge help but to Germany, to other countries. That's not something we've invested in, not something that can be done. And the, the, for whatever reason, the conversation was shifted over to hydrogen. Uh, but is there a chance, do you think, or can we still make that shift if there was the appetite to do that? I think we can. Um, but I mean, it's it's a question of the hydrogen that I'm familiar with. And I, let me take off my cap as an energy guy. Uh, my years as a member of parliament to my old days when I was public relations uh, with Toyota Canada. I mean, there's a company that is working internationally on the issue of hydrogen. There is no doubt in their mind that hydrogen will be the future at some point, but it's not going to be done with green. It's going to be done with blue. In other words, more natural gas. Canada has the third largest provable reserves of oil and gas in the world. Um, We have on the ESG rankings probably the best track record. Um, And that's, I'm not, you know, tooting my own horn and being nationalistic and wrapping myself in the flag. I think the world needs a little bit more of Canada. And Canada needs to, you know, address what is fundamentally for the next five to ten years a serious problem in terms of a shortage. And I think we can do that while at the same time being very mindful uh, of the uh, great transitions that we're making on our own without much uh, in the way of prodding. I, I, I'm from a province in Ontario where long before it was trendy, we built nuclear plants uh, and it gave us years of prosperity and uh, drove uh, to a large extent to a strong manufacturing sector here. I think we have to sort of take stock and inventory of what we've done and build on that, but not to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to achieve some politician's deadline because it's cool and trendy. It's going to lead to unintended consequences, and I think those consequences are pretty clear. Energy uh, affordability is very much uh, a challenge for Canadians and more so for the rest of the world because Canada is not stepping up to the plate. And uh, and just uh, kind of shifting back uh, for the day-to-day, like you said, the yeah. demand for gas didn't change a whole lot. And in fact, it got more. Uh, so how long do you expect we'll see these lower prices at the pumps? Oh, Jill, I think we're looking at least until Thursday. Um, your colleague, uh, Janet Brown, and I go back quite often. Uh, she'll probably have the intel by Thursday as to where we go. I think we'll be back in the one mid-190s for the end of September. But before that, a little bit of good news. On the 15th of September, the federal government uh, for the past 30, 35 years, we shift from what's called summer gasoline blends to winter gasoline blends. That usually means about a four or five cent decrease. So we could see prices drop to 181, 182 before they start marching back up to the 195, $2 range, which I think is where we're going to be for the foreseeable future. All right. On that note, Dan, great to chat with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, always a pleasure, Jill, and have a great long weekend to you and your listeners. All right, you too. That is Dan McTagg, President of Canadians for Affordable Energy.